Welcome in, everybody, to another week of two guys watching wrestling. Mike Went, Rich Ellison, taking you through 2002's NWA TNA weekly pay-per-views. Rich, how you doing? I'm I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Are this you? is this is this is episode one of the rest of our lives. It really is. It really feels like uh, we should have started on last week's show way back when we started this stupid series. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we really made a mistake, and I, I blame I partially blame myself because I think I thought Vince Russo showed up way earlier. Like I think I thought he was there from the beginning instead of twenty episodes in, and it's like. <sighs> Although I will say this, going through the first 20 episodes makes you really appreciate what we have now at episode 23. Yeah, this is a learning learning experience. And just like Jesus, <laughs> Vince Russo is always with us. <laughs> always. Now he, we can't get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now we have too much Russo. We, we get 10 pounds of Russo in a five-pound bag right now. I believe it was Bob that uh, coined the phrase on this week's show, the road to Russo. <laughs> We're on the road to Russo. Russo mania, brother. <laughs> What's that? It's pitching a Lex Express with Vince Russo's head on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we're going to get a bus and drive it around Nashville and my face is going to be on it. <laughs> Go sign up for the bro down. The bro, you know, you know, at some point during this run, he was sitting in a room with Jeff Jarrett, Bill Burns, Bullet Bob, and he was like, I got it. Our first big pay-per-view event, not these weekly things, not this weekly bullshit, bro, but our first big, big pay-per-view event, Russo-mania. And everyone's just like, no, we're just, we're just, we're just not doing that. <laughs> bro, how about this one? It's almost Thanksgiving. How about Russo's giving? Russo's giving. <laughs> Praise be to Vince. <laughs> 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 oh, so man. this 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 show went through <laughs> every kind of corner of the of the squared circle, if you will, of life. Sure, sure. There was there was the oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. There was the oh my god, I can't believe he's saying this. Right. Oh my god, I have to sit through a twenty minute X division match. Ugh. To oh man, we only have four minutes for the main event. We really did. We really did. Um. Yeah, the the the, uh, the show flew by except for that middle chunk with the X Division. Um, the matches were very, uh, you know, late 99, early 2000 WCW. Uh, you can tell where the influence is coming from. They made not a lot of them made sense. Um, very gimmicky. Um, uh, I, I was they're overbooked like. We'll get to the X Division match, but I didn't even understand it while I was watching it and got more angry the longer it went on. Uh, so we'll get into it. But uh, this week's show, it's uh, the weekly pay-per-view number 23 for the National Wrestling Alliance, uh, total non-stop action. Uh, tits and ass dope. And uh, it took place on <laughs> December 4th, 2002, of course, from the Nashville Fairgrounds, also as a TNA Asylum. Asylum, all you crazies in the asylum. Did you see the fucking hillbilly with no teeth at hard camera next to the Athena sign? Yes. <laughs> with the red <laughs> shirt. Looked like God. He was a stereotypical like Jim Bob. 
<laughs> bunch of goddamn cousin fuckers out there cornhole in the livestock. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Anyway, the video starts off, and and I don't know if there if it's just the way that they put, uh, uploaded this to Impact Plus. But it felt like the recap of last week started in the middle, like to the point I just I looked and tried to rewind to the beginning because I definitely felt like it just abruptly started. Uh, but whatever, TNA, bro, we're just getting into it. All right, cool, boom, get into it. Um, Did you notice the audio was way off too? No, I didn't actually. So when they cut to the the melee uh, between Ron Killings and Russo. The audio was about a four second delay. No, I didn't. And it was just random bleeps in in there. Yeah, it was, it was, I had to rewind it to make sure I wasn't tripping. No, that might have been on your end. Um, So I could be tripping balls. No, no, it just could have been a streaming thing. Um, My brother texted me the other day, uh, sort of related, unrelated, um, because I had just uh, binged The Sopranos for the 87th time. And Kind of, I was texting him while watching it. Some of the the stuff that I was seeing again, and and so he started up, and he got to about season three, and he's like, "Have you noticed how out of sync the audio is?" And I'm like, "No, it was fine on mine." And he and he sent me a video of his TV, and it was completely out of sync. And I literally pulled it up on my TV, and it was completely perfect. So it could just be a streaming. I I don't know. I, ghosts in the machine type of thing. But no, my my audio was fine. So are you telling me your internet is better in Florida? Um, yes. All right. Well, I, for the sake of the show, I'm, I'm just going to have to move down there now. I mean, I mean, maybe <laughs> that's a, that's <laughs> that's one reason. I also found out uh, I, I was out the other night at a bar and I found out that the Florida Panthers have two sections in their arena that are all you can eat, all you can drink, kind of like the, the Vegas one we went to. So I'm like, ah. Wow. Come on down, guys. Hockey season starting in a couple months. <laughs> it's probably like eleven dollars. It's the Florida Panthers. It can't be that fucking much. Yeah. You know the 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 girl I was with was like, oh yeah, you know she because she goes to a lot of them and uh, she's like, oh yeah, the only games that are really packed are like when we play teams like Montreal or Boston or New York or stuff like that. I'm like, you know, shit, because <laughs> Florida doesn't actually have fans. <laughs> That's why you tarp so, off your balcony and only open it up for Ringling Brothers. <laughs> or they? I bet you the Florida. No, they're not. I bet you the Florida Panthers is uh, BG James's favorite uh, team because he's from the whole state of Florida. Yeah. You find that out this week. We'll we'll get to worst intro ever. <laughs> <laughs> you thought a BG James intro was nauseating enough? No, wait, Borash fucks it up. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Recap of last week, what happened with uh, you know Ron Killings and Vince Russo and the Harris brothers and blah, 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 blah. Fine. Okay. And Mike Tanay welcomes everybody to the show as uh, Roddy Piper's music hits uh, and everyone acts wildly surprised. What is, what is this, this about? What is this? Who is this? What's this music? Don West actually doesn't know legitimately. He's He thinks he's having a stroke. He's just like... Are you hearing bagpipes? <laughs> yes, Don. We're hearing bagpipes. Let's just sit this round out, champ. You look clearly. This was the second of two tapings because Don's lost his tie, his shirt's all unbuttoned, his hair's all fucked up. Like he's been screaming for about eight hours at this point, <laughs> and he's still he's dialed sitting, up to twelve. <laughs> he's sitting in a whoopee cushion of urine. 
you could see him at one point in one of the matches. They throw someone outside and he's trying to take a sip of water and just spills all over himself. He has no motor skills at all. It was like Ted Stryker in airplane block. <laughs> he's, he's like, you see, ever see those infomercials where people try to like open something yes. and knock everything over the counter? That's him. Normal tasks. <laughs> Are you tired of using the vacuum the old-fashioned way? And the guy's vacuuming his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's him trying to drink water. Oh, my yep. God, my eyeball's stuck in the vacuum. That's not how you would use it. That's Nothing's going to fix that problem, pal. <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? Have you lost your privates in the air fryer? <laughs> Do you have a problem keeping your knife sharp and some guy just stabs himself? <laughs> how they work <laughs> anyway uh yeah they have no idea uh what this uh explicitly I- iconic 40 year old music is and they spend way too much time trying to figure it out because the more importantly apparently the nashville audience had no idea which is probably why that it took piper so long to go out because I'm guessing they were trying to get the crowd to kind of get off their feet and pop for this fucking iconic music. But I don't think any of these people knew because it was just dead. They're all sitting on their fucking hands and Piper didn't come out for about 10 minutes. And he's just, it's just, we just keep getting shots of the, of the entrance ramp back to today, entrance ramp back to today. And then, you know, he obviously comes out. Was that his son? Who was that guy with him? With Roddy Piper? I think it was, I, I think it was his son. I, okay. Cause like, it's never explained. Um, I don't have it in any of my notes, and I haven't Googled it. Um, I, I, I found I found something, because I was doing some research on the promo itself, not necessarily who he was with. Let's just say for sake of argument, that was his son, because that's sure. what I'm going to go with. He was one of the um, young boys I'm going to go out of back and talk to. <laughs> I think he found him at an NWA wild side of it. Wild side of it. Yeah, it was at Twinkie Fest, though, too. Pensacola, oh. Florida, wild side's coming to you. <laughs> Kurt Heading's going to fight Tony Mabaluke. Hey. <laughs> We're going to be in Poughkeepsie for Watermelon Fest. <laughs> so, so I Googled it. And the first thing that came uh-huh. up about this is from the Sportster. And they have they have some cool like top tens. And they do a lot of things with sports and whatnot. But the, the headline here is. Does the Roddy- Sportster do cool things on sports? Jesus, yes. you are a hack. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, the headline is Roddy Piper's TNA mm-hmm. shoot promo on Vince Russo yeah. is one of the most uncomfortable ever. It was. Well, here's the thing. Um, I found it uncomfortable, but not for the reasons people have always talked about it being uncomfortable. I, I found it uncomfortable because uh, it, it was it wasn't good. Like everybody, rem- all anybody remembers about this and rightfully so is uh is him asking Vince Russo did you kill Owen Hart everybody remembers that part of it what nobody talks about is Piper shilling his book for half the promo and then wrapping up the promo with I'm gonna tell you more on my pay-per-view shoot interview that's airing this Friday apparently he was like he was doing something I don't know what it was that he was on but he was clearly doing another pay-per-view event that he was there to promote that he kind of botched uh, at least promoting mm-hmm. it in, in my eyes. But what I gathered was uh, he did some shoot interview that was going to be put on pay-per-view and it was airing that Friday. And that's what he was there to promote along with his book uh, and a new t-shirt of names of all the dead people in wrestling. 
um, awesome, yes. hot seller. Um, and yeah, and but all anybody remembers is him getting in Russo's face and asking him about Owen Hart's death and did you kill Owen Hart? And I guess he wrote about it in his book a bunch. I don't know. I didn't read read the book, but uh, that I'm basing that off what Russo said on his promo when he rebuttaled. Um, it was weird um, because you knew Russo wrote it. Um, and it's also like you knew, like obviously Piper wanted to promote his book and promote his pay-per-view and probably, you know, clearly needed the money. Uh, so he agreed to do it, but it's all like things like this are always weird. Um, because you, especially when the writer is involved, you know, it's, it's one thing for, you know, it was, uh, one of the better work shoot promos was always, I mean, Paul Heyman, obviously, uh, but it was before um, one of the one night stands. It was the one where he was in the ring. I'm, guess, I'm guessing it was the first one, maybe. But it was the one where he was in the ring with Vince and he was talking about how Vince stole all his good ideas. And he was talking about his father and how you know his father went around the territories and said he would you know shake hands and never compete. And then you competed. And it was one of the greatest promos. And Vince just stood there and took it. And that wasn't awkward because like it was first of all, it was great. Um, it was you know, quintessential Paul Heyman promo. And also it's like, yeah, it was very honest, but not like anything that was like, Ooh, shit. You shouldn't talk about that because it's, uh, and Vince obviously approved it. This is weird because, um, Piper is a cousin of the Hart family and Russo yep. has claimed uh, numerous times to, to have been friends with Owen Hart and they're both kind of sleazily using his death to get this shoot promo over. Um, it just, it's very weird and icky. It's not a, it's it, like, it, I know what they were trying to do that, you know, we're trying to shoot bro and we're trying to get the, you know, controversial stuff. And we're trying to get people talking about this thing that after 23 weeks, nobody was probably watching anymore. Um, but, but ugh, I just, mm, because that was, that was really the only part of the promo that had anything to do with anything like the, like I said, the rest of the promo was my book, my pay-per-view coming up on Friday. And I'm going to go talk to the young kids in the back. Like that was the promo. And then this short little moment when Russo got in the ring, it was, Oh, you killed Owen Hart. And it's like, Oh, like that was the whole crutch of the storytelling. And then they, I don't know. Like the Harris brothers just walked in the ring. Nothing was physically happening. And they just started restraining Vince Russo as if like a brawl was already in progress that nobody was seeing. Um, it yeah. was one of those moments where it's like, oh, because I've completely like I blocked this out of my memory, obviously. Um, but it was one of those moments that in wrestling has taught us that the Harris brothers were going to turn around and beat the shit out of Roddy Piper and whoever that kid was. That yeah. was what that's mm -hmm. what wrestling has taught us. And that didn't happen. They just kept restraining Vince Russo like he was some wild dog animal that was going to kill Roddy Piper. And I'm just like, like the, the whole part of like Vince Russo being a tough guy is the weirdest fucking part about this storyline. Like him, yes. him brawling with the truth and, and him being held back so he doesn't beat up Ron Killings is like, really? Really? <laughs> Vince well, that, that's a bounce back. That's a bounce back from when he was in WCW because he was. He beat Ric Flair. He was a world champion, but all that stuff he was not 
the aggressor or tough guy. He won he, by accident. It was always a sleazy, it was always a chicken shit heel type of thing. Exactly. This is like they're, they're, the Harris brothers are, are acting as if Vince Russo is a threat to the wrestlers physically. Yeah, they're, treat, they're treating him like he's fucking Goldberg. <clears throat> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's exactly that, um, which is kind of funny because uh, in when they were in the corner, whichever Harris brother it was, was literally picking Russo up like a doll and placing him in different spots of the corner. It's like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm not buying it. Anyway. So two, two, two things with this, this promo here. I yeah. love the fact that he says you're not the antichrist. You're the bin Laden of wrestling. That to me, that was something, but it, and, you talked about things that history's taught us about the Harris brothers, supposedly. supposedly Isn't that the same thing, though? <laughs> in, in theory, yes. Whenever there is a promo yeah. and they say, I'm going to shoot, it's not a shoot. Right. It's, it's one of those rules. If, it's, if they say it's not on the format, it's on the format. Well, that's, that's they the say old, this is the shoot, it's a yeah. not a shoot. That's the old Russo WCW stuff where, where they would constantly be like, this isn't in the script. This isn't on the format. It's like that. It's like, we get it, bro. It's a TV show. You're like, you know, come on, just, just stop it. <laughs> you're not, you're not convincing anybody that this is real. So I, um, I Googled that shirt that, yeah. um, he wore, it was the frats hall of fame. The what? Uh, frats F R A T S. I don't, know what, I don't know what the alliteration is, but there's uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten wrestlers on it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the rundown of the wrestlers that are on the shirt. Yeah. Uh we have Art Bar. <laughs> okay. Okay. Rick Rude. Okay. Ryan Pillman. Sure. Rick McGraw. Don't know him. Adrian Ordonis. Okay. Andre, because they ran out of font to put the giant. So Andre. There was a couple first names I saw in there. Yeah. One is Owen. Oh, uh, well, sure. Okay. Terry Von Erich, Bruiser Brody, and Junkyard Dog okay. are, on the, are on this uh, frat shirt. And by the way, uh, I also am glad that Roddy Piper changed his name to RoddyPiper.com to get back in the, the with the young kids deem. Being hip. Uh-huh. Uh, hang on. I'm, I'm trying to find out what frats means. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> the only thing is fraternity, maybe. I don't know. You can always go to uh, www.roddyraw.com. Um, maybe not go there because I don't like the, the raw. You know, it could be like blacked raw where we get like 14-inch mm-hmm. dongs in my face. Yeah, no. Let's not do that. Um... Uh, yeah, I guess it's just the fraternity of wrestling that he's referring to. There's no, like, uh, it's not an abbreviation for anything. Uh, yeah, no, that's all right. Whatever. Cool. Yeah, I'm not going to buy that shirt, by the way. No, that's, no, no. It's that's not that, a good that, looking shirt. That, that's, a, that's a pretty sad shirt to wear. Yeah. yeah. RoddyRaw.com. That's a bunch of dead people on my back. It's, it's, mm, RoddyRaw.com. Interesting. So yeah, so <clears throat> Russo hops hops into the ring. He's in the corner. Piper's like, 
you want to talk? I'll hold the microphone. And Bruce was like, no, I want the microphone. Well, that was Piper's gimmick. And, and I, I liked that part of it. And I, I've always liked that part of uh, when Piper would do Piper's pit and stuff, he would hold the mic. And, you know, he did it with uh, with Morton Downey and stuff at WrestleMania and all that shit. Now, that was always his let's make things awkward. And no, I got I got this. I can hold it. You're, you're just going to speak. It's uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a Piper thing that, that I kind of like. Um but it just, it just went back and forth. It went nowhere. Like, it went nowhere. Like, this went, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it. It went nowhere. <laughs> yeah, nowhere. If this, they did not do this, it would have been completely okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with it because if they didn't do this, we would have got another X Division match that I don't need in my life. Um, so, fine. But it wasn't, like, it was there to, to get people talking because they mentioned Owen. And it and Piper just happened to be in town, and he was promoting his fucking book. So okay, cool. Let's 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 pop a number, bro. Let's get Piper on here. Open up the show and and do that old thing. It's like all right, fine. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. And and Piper left with I don't know. I'm guessing his son. I guess I don't know. Uh, to Mike today and Don West uh, officially welcome us into the the program. Uh, they wonder yeah. if we're gonna get Jeff today. Here. Tanae, Tanae needs a cigarette after after this. Oh my he god, he is he has morning afterglow <laughs> like I've never seen before. Like he needed to be hosed down, wiped down, and give him a lucky strike. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're wonder they're wondering if uh, if we're gonna get Jeff Jarrett's answer tonight. Uh, spoiler alert: we don't. Uh, Don Don West. Uh, he knows that Jeff Jarrett isn't with Vince Russo after what happened last week. Okay, done. Yeah. <laughs> Let me explain storytelling. You can't start with, are we going to get Jeff Jarrett's answer? And then you give us the answer. That's not a tease, pal. That's like, you're just kind of spelling it out for us. Are we going to get Jeff Jarrett's answer? I don't know if we're going to get Jeff Jarrett's answer. Jeff Jarrett's definitely not with Vince Russo. <laughs> what? Why don't you let <laughs> let it breathe a little bit, pal? Let it breathe a little bit. Uh, they also tell us uh, that the Sonny Siaki Jerry Lynn match is postponed a week. All right. Well, I want my money back because Jerry Lynn got a pectoral injury. I guess I don't know. Whatever. A lot Tape of injuries it. for Jerry Lynn. A lot of injuries for Jerry Lynn here. Yeah. Jerry Lynn's one of those guys I feel works very hurt a lot. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, anyway, that moves us on to the opening contest, Divine Storm and the Maximo Brothers. Woo! This is a wild side match. This is the, what did, uh, Tanae call it? The, the, the uh, bragging rights for Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, the battle for Brooklyn or something like that. Yeah. Because they, they, they both trained, I think they were all trained by Mikey Whipwreck or something like that. They both rode the same bus. Took the same bus to Brooklyn. They they got off at the same rest stops. They rode the Greyhound all the way. All the, actually, it's probably fun knowing these guys. Uh, all the way to Brooklyn. <laughs> and this is the battle of bragging rights for Brooklyn. And Brooklyn's just looking to be like, what the fuck did we do? Leave us out of this. Like we don't stay off our side, okay? We don't need your help. Um, apparently, Trinity, I wouldn't have minded. I wouldn't have minded if they did like a Family Guy road to Rhode Island spoof with these four. They had, we're on the road to Brooklyn. 
you could you could throw Trinity in there, throw Amazing Red in there, because apparently everybody's related. Also, yeah. uh, that was another, that was another thing that, that came up in this because I guess Amazing Red is related to the Maximos somehow, uh, and and uh, obviously Don West was like, oh, is 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 Divine related to them too? It's like, no. <laughs> and that was basically Tanae's answer. He's just like, no, he's not. <laughs> How much does this guy weigh? How much does this guy weigh? Way to go, Art Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I gotta tell you though, I uh, I dig Trinity with the wet hair look. Okay, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I did like um, that. I mean, Trinity is the best part of these matches. Uh, because you know it's it's she gets uh, you know does the top rope moonsault onto the floor on top of all five four guys, and Don West just goes <laughs> like literally okay top rope moonsault to the floor crashes into five guys takes everybody out and this is Don West's reaction this woman races jet skis <laughs> what what the fuck Don. <laughs> This is definitely the second of two show tapings. He's off the rails the whole episode. He has no fucking clue where he is. Like, he screamed so much that I think the blood left his body. <laughs> Don West, why are you holding a trident? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's a match. Uh why, why is that dishwasher jumping off the top rope? <laughs> uh, SATs go for a Spanish fly. Trinity low blows both guys. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Spicy Divine rolls up Jose for the win. We go home. Uh, anyway. Spicy Divine. Whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Carolina Rub Storm. <laughs> Devin Storm. No, that's Crowbar. Whatever. I don't care. Moving on. Backstage. Ron Killings. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, this is this. They did the auction thing, didn't they? Like that, that was going on the whole fucking show, and it was still as awkward as ever. Uh, let's check in on our silent auction. I don't think they know how silent auction works because they're really pushing it hard on television loudly. <laughs> yeah, which is the opposite of silent. Opposite of silent auction. Um, but anyway, uh, Truth says uh, something like, what's, what's he got? Uh, oh, to manage Truth, it's $1,000 or something like that. Uh, I don't know. It's all about, you know, Russo and, I don't know, senior citizens. and. I don't know. Do you think we can still win the bids or do you think the auction's over? I'm pretty sure if, if we gave any of these people money, that we could do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of doing whatever we want, Chris Harris comes to the ring for the next match, uh-huh. barrel ass into the ring, <laughs> only only to be interrupted by Mr. Vinny Rue himself. Mm-hmm. Love the jacket and everything. Yeah, he was way overdressed. He looked very warm. <laughs> it's Tennessee in December, so it's probably 70 degrees with 80% humidity. It's... Plus, you're in a building that's asbestos yes. everywhere like we've talked about in the past. That's definitely a sweaty barn. Anyway, my, yes. My balls, <laughs> my balls sweat just watching them. I was very excited. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, Chris Harris comes down. Vince Russo double times it past him. Basically says, I don't got any problem with you, bro. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't bro, have any problem bro. with you, bro. This isn't about Hit the you, bricks. Bro. <laughs> bro, we're cool. Get the fuck out, bro. Go go oil up over there, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, go so anyway. smoke a cigarette, Harris. <laughs> Seriously, go tr- yeah, go, go poorly smoke a cigarette. You're terrible at acting. Uh, but I got no problem, bro. Uh, so anyway, Russo's basically, this is basically his rebuttal. Um, now I'm assuming, oh, I get it. I was assuming the Piper sued somebody, but no, he, he was referencing the Hogan thing. Right. Cause yeah. Okay. Cause he, the first thing he said was he wasn't going to say anything that was going to get him a sued for slander or something like that. And I'm like, did Piper sue somebody for that? And I'm like, and just clicked. Oh yeah, that's right. It was the Hogan thing from bash at the beach, uh, two years ago. Anywho, <clears throat> um, he runs down the fact that Piper, you know, is using Owen Hart's name to sell books. There's a lot of threats throughout this show to put people's own feet up their own ass, including this one where he threatens Jeremy Borash, who gets all strong and flips him the finger. But it's really ineffective because, again, we mentioned that Jeremy Borash is dressed like a part time gap manager with his frosted tips and his fucking boat shoes without socks. It's like, Nobody in the history of the world has ever looked like that and been a tough guy. Put your hand away. Um, at least Vince Russo's trying to look the part, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely John. He was he was pulling a John Wayne, something fierce in the ring there. Oh, God, clomping around. And by John May, John Wayne, I mean more like Jimmy Dean, the sausage guy. Very nice. Um, so anyway. Russo goes on that uh, even though you fucking hillbillies are stupid, I'm still going to give you what you want. And, of course, that is that implies uh, the fans want violence, blood, vulgar language, nudity, and sex. So he proclaims that this is the birth of sports entertainment extreme, and he says, spell it out, to which I say sports entertainment extreme. C? S E E? See, I was more I was more literal. I was S P O R T S. There's an E on extreme. Three of them actually. <laughs> well, when you want to be really extreme, you drop the E. Bro. Anyway. Um <laughs> Um, anyway, so continuing to give the fans what they want, uh, he talks about the old fogies in the back, not listening to the fans. He's like, all you fucking guys out here, you know, you love Athena. You could talk about Athena. And uh, of course, all the signs pop up in the hard camera side that we've been talking about for weeks. And apparently Athena's just been sitting at ringside all this whole fucking time for 20 weeks. No wonder why everybody's infatuated with her. She's basically half naked at ringside. I don't know what she's been doing and why the camera hasn't caught it. But that's what she's been doing. Uh, very attractive woman. That's a that's a that's a poor reveal, though. It, well, still best best debut ever. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> Vince calls her into the ring, she climbs in. Fans start chanting, and then he basically he goes 
He goes, this is your moment. You can't get over on talent. Show him your tits, you ugly bitch. <laughs> you wench. He, 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 he called her a whore. It got beeped out. And he just, then he switched to wench. He kind of was mixing in witch a lot. And then he just assaulted her. Like straight up <laughs> grabbed her by the head and slammed her into the corner and goes, do you know who I am? You whore. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, he saw, here's what, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Russo went back to the Vince McMahon, Trish Stratus, take off your bra and bark like a dog thing, but went super dark on it. <laughs> <laughs> There was nothing fun and cheeky about this. And then the Harris Nazis come down to the ring. By the way, I did notice that one of the, one of them has a lot of like SS and Nazi propaganda all over their arms. Uh, weird tattoos. I never noticed that. Um, but yeah, they come to the ring and then they just start putting the boots to this fucking girl. She's all of like 90 pounds and they start giving her the finisher and then stomping on her until the actual security comes down and they kick them fucking out of there. The whole thing is really awful on a lot of levels. And I loved it. I bet you did. <laughs> this is great. You guys want Athena? We're going to kick the shit out of her and then dump her in the trash, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and she was never seen from again. There you go. I'll get rid of those signs real quick. Um, <laughs> the, the, the best part of the whole thing is yeah. no one helps. No, not a single person. You have two six foot seven massive guys and a guy from New York assaulting a woman. Apparently no the toughest helping. man alive, Vince Russo. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking Johnny Cage in there. All yeah. of a sudden, no one comes. Chris Harris is right there. Oh, he's yeah, he's and he's like really annoyed. It's like, bro, they're just delaying your match. You're still gonna have it. Also, kind of a horrible human being. Yeah, he didn't get involved at all. He's just like, eh, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> he he was more concerned about the fact that he got interrupted. That he yeah. was watching a possible rape. It's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. He's like, he yells at Tanae. He's like, this shit needs to stop. Everybody loves the word shit. Yep. This shit needs to stop. At what point did um did Ron Killings come out in this? Oh, that, that happens later, doesn't it? Yeah. When, when, they, when, uh, they, keep, they keep saying the shit needs to stop. This has been two weeks. This hasn't even started. We're not even we're not even in the first chapter yet. This is the prologue, pal. <laughs> <laughs> we're, re um, we're we're reading the forward right now. So Tanae starts motivationally speaking to Chris Harris, apparently, something like that. It's just like uh NWA has won the war before and they can do it again. Really, what war did you win, pal? Yeah, because I don't you remember don't, one. Here's the thing. NWA goes away very shortly, so you don't even win the war of the company you own. <laughs> this yeah, just eventually becomes T TNA. TNA wins the war. <laughs> TNA wins the war against the NWA. The saddest war ever. Uh, anyway, another match. This one's this is this is the first of a couple of really convoluted, overbooked, weird, I don't understand it but okay, let's do this storylines in this show. 
Uh, Chris Harris is going up against Brian Lee. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. <clears throat> Later in the night, there's going to be a handicap bull. No, there's just going to be a bull rope match or something. I don't know. So later in the night, there is a handicap bull rope match, but it's just at this moment being called a bull rope match. And so the two tag teams, Chris Harris, James Storm, Brian Lee slash are going to wrestle in singles matches. And then the winner of those matches are going to be tied to a bull rope with James Mitchell tied in the middle. Right? So theoretically, what if Brian Lee and Slash won? Would they have a bull rope match with James Mitchell in the middle? Or would they just... We're, we're yeah. Gonna, what is... So, so here, here's the thing. This they is kind of walked... Classic, they, they booked themselves into a corner with this one. They worked themselves into a shoot, bro. Bro, swerve. Yeah, so when you immediately announce this match is going to be a, a three-person bull rope match, two people against James Mitchell... Right. You know how this movie's gonna end, right? You just know you know how it's gonna end, right? And I've never heard of a triple threat bull rope match in my fucking life. I didn't even I, know this I was a either. thing. I, and and I, so, I don't understand it at all. I, I, it's a better explanation than the X division match that we have coming up. Oh, in, oh, in a, in oh I minutes. agree. I agree. So this is actually more paint by numbers, and you kind of had an understanding of what was happening. I just don't like the fact that they AEW'd the fucking shit out of this match. Meaning? It's just kicking out of fucking finishes, false finishes. Oh. Just, just, come on. You're not going to kick out of. Swerve, bro. Fucking Swerve. four finishes. Swerve, bro. I, I don't need to see, I don't need to see more than 11 seconds of these two fucking fights. Uh, yeah. Give I, me more woman beating by Vince Russo and more people saying shit. Well, luckily, Belladonna is here to take a couple of punches for you because um, <laughs> that happens. Uh, this this whole thing is kind of a mess. Um, anyway, spoiler alert, Chris Harris wins this match. By the end of the match, all participants have made it to ringside. So uh, James Storm is there. Uh, Slash is there. Belladonna is there. James, everybody, everybody's at ringside. It's a mess. I couldn't tell what was happening. And I didn't even realize until we get back from this interview that, oh, James Storm has to fight Slash. Because, again, they overbook these things and they don't explain it well at all. Like, you probably explained it better than Tanae did on the show. Because I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, so Chris, if Chris Harris wins, he's going to be in a... And they kept saying bull... And I agree, I agree there was no such thing as a three-person bull rope match. It's, it's two people tied to the end with a fucking bell in the middle. It's never been a three-person bull rope match for any reason whatsoever. So when they kept saying if Chris Harris wins, he'll be tied to a bull rope with James Mitchell. I'm like, all right, so uh, you know, Chris Harris is going to beat the shit out of a manager. All right, I, I get it. Whatever, fine. And then the next match happens after we go back to Goldilocks because Goldilocks is backstage uh, with the truth and Bullet Bob and Bullet Bob is just a mess mess like this guy had way too much dialogue on this episode of the show he is just babbling nonsense he's fumbling over his words he's talking about old-timey snake killings 
Like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Snake on a pole match, maybe? I don't know. When a snake cross, How did a snake cross the road if you cut the snake in half and then it grows back? And when I was wrestling your daddy, talking to Jeff Jarrett, and you were 12 years old and you had the glimmer in your eye. And Jeff Jarrett's sitting there going like, God, I can't wait to fire this fucking old man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was It was so convoluted this whole thing it's it's if you find a snake in your boot you throw it in the grass but if it's in the grass you gotta throw it in the street you gotta pull a stick at it like that's exactly how he sounded you got pull stick out it's like hey pal fix your tongue and then talk <laughs> so you watch a lot of tv just like i do you you ever watch there's a snake uh, in my boot <laughs> you, you ever watch like I, I watch a lot of triple d but there's other like reality shows if they yeah. ever have someone foreign on there, and you can understand what they're saying completely, they still put subtitles under yeah. there of what yeah, they're yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. They need to do it for this fucking mush mouth. Oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I don't speak hick. Yeah, I'm I, sorry, Rosetta Stone. Yeah. You need to sell them that one. Yeah. I I, I don't speak uh, whatever language it is when the guy's chewing on his tongue while he tries to talk. Um, yeah, I, I don't speak too many chair shots to the head. How about that? Um, but anyway, Jeff Jarrett's just sitting there fucking hating life. Bullet Bob won't shut up. Our truth is sitting there just being like, oh my God, why is he talking so much? Get to the, come on, get to the point. You gotta do me this favor so we can end the road to Rutho. Oh boy. Bob. Anyway, back to the <laughs> ring. Uh, that was so David Caruso. Um, <laughs> we have to end the road to Russo. Russo. Yeah! <laughs> back of the ring, uh, where it's revealed that, oh, there's a second match for the rights to beat the shit out of James Mitchell. Uh, spoiler alert, James Storm beats Slash. So, the you know, America's Most Wanted is going to be tied to a rope that's tied to a manager. And... They cut to Tanay after the match and Don West going over the bull rope match. And they're selling this like Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, fucking blow off match, fucking Starcade 87. They're like, this deck is stacked against James Mitchell. I'm like, James Mitchell is a probably 62 year old manager that's never taken a bump. The deck stacked against him. No, this is a legal murder. Like this, there's no, this isn't a match. You're tying a non-wrestler to two guys who were undefeated for 16 weeks in the company. Guess what's going to happen? Bro, swerve. They're going <laughs> to beat up a woman. They're going to beat up a woman. Spoiler alert. They beat up a woman. <laughs> it's worse than you think. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you this. Roos. So is definitely writing because we have two women beatings within a half an hour of each other. And they're savage beatings. Yeah. Like they're, they're not cool at all. They fuck those girls up. And they're both yeah. like 87 pounds soaking wet. Um, and the one thing I will say is at least when the WWF was doing this at this time, you know the wrestlers were protecting the, the women involved. There was no protection. These guys weren't protecting the men. Yeah, true. Let, let let alone the women. Um, there was one. I uh, God, I, it must have been Athena. No, not not Athena. Because uh, it was America's Most Wanted. So it was Belladonna. 
when they do their their finisher, the the off the toe off the Toblerone leg leg drop or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> and they cut. So he's like he's holding her. Uh, her back is on his lap, so he's holding her that way, and uh, and Chris Harris jumps off with the the leg drop off the top rope onto her. Yeah, he went heel to face, like all of, like he missed, he undershot it because fucking James Storm was way too far out. So Chris Harris has to launch himself. He undershot it and go and his heel smashed her face. I'm just like, oh, that is just horrible. Like, like <laughs> holy concussions, Batman, and and yeah, James Mitchell never got touched, never got touched. Goes up the ramp and does the best right into camera. Holy fuck, and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's a lead up before this match starts, but we we have to before we do anything else. Which match are we on now? Because I think we jumped ahead to the bowl. We did because because we, we're not doing we, that there's one. Pl- there's, there's plenty of stuff to talk about that match because because he has a doctor's visit before the match. Yes. That we have to talk about. But before we get to our fatal four-way of doom, Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. Pushes his um, auctions. Hail Bop Comet fucking cult. <laughs> Buddy, what was this? <laughs> what was this? He he looked like someone. Was it, was it Wade's World when Garth was on the camera by himself for the first time ever? Substitute teacher Lynn, everybody. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The glasses, what is he doing? Uh, he's the type of person that would just be like, hey, I got this <laughs> I got this 97 Tahoe. <laughs> for, for 20 bucks, you can take my car. <laughs> yeah. Did that did that happen? Yeah, that, that did happen here, didn't it? That, that, was, yeah. that was right, that was right there. Okay. Um, but then we go again backstage, more bullet bob. Uh, still, still, still trying to hype up Jeff Jarrett and Ron Killings. It's like, guy, we get it. You just want us to beat up Vince Russo. Move it along. Here we go. Well, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett's ready to go because mm-hmm. not only did he kick his chair, mm. he threw his chair. Yep. And there was a boiler in the corner. So the the champion of NWA right now shares a locker room with the boiler. <laughs> The richest prize in our industry. You are the, the, the champion of champions. Hey, according, to, according to Kurt Henning, it's the only real title. We'll get there later. But by the way, Jeff, don't worry about Milton sitting in the corner with his fucking stapler. <laughs> You're fine. They've moved the champ down to the fucking basement. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't, don't worry about the 14 pallets of styrofoam cups in the corner, Jeff. Make yourself at home in here, champ. Christ. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> okay, so here we go. The NWT, NWA TNA X Division title number one contendership four way double elimination match. Here's 22 minutes I will never get back, and I hate all of it. So, first of all, uh, the first revelation was uh, Kick Cash and Easy Money are two different people. Completely. Yes. Completely thought it was the same guy. I thought Kid Cash had just changed his name. <laughs> uh, also, That's fun funny. fact, Easy Money uh, wrestled in ECW. I completely forgot that part of it, too. Uh, but thank you. I appreciate TNA uh, getting over other people's storylines. They do it more later. It's great. Um, TNA, we want to be WWE. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So anyway, easy money, AJ Styles with multiple plum per. Uh, Joel Maximo, guess who's not winning? Uh, and Kid Cash are all in this match. <laughs> well, before before we get the reveal that Maximo's in it, Amazing Red comes out. Looks like he got shot in the head. He's fucking. He's wrapped up like in a war movie around his fucking head. No blood. He's just wrapped around his head. And AJ Styles waffles him, beats the bag out of him on the stage, and they're like, uh. Joe Maximo, come on down. Come on down. Yeah, you're related, right? You took the same bus to fucking Nashville together. Cool. Now you're wrestling. <laughs> That's a good sign that you're not going to win the match when you're the replacement for the guy that gets beat up on the ramp. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, this match sucked. This was so ass. fucking bad. So it was, like I said, they didn't explain it well at all. Shocker. As that's a real trend with Tanay and Don West. They don't explain this well, mostly because it's extremely overbooked, and I didn't understand it even when I'm reading it. So I, I I kept hearing them say elimination. I must have missed the double elimination, or they didn't say it. Um, and when people were getting eliminated, I was very confused. I'm like, why is Easy Money just hanging out at ringside watching this match? <laughs> I was like, like what is happening here? Um, because it got, because I, I just, I completely tuned out about five minutes into this thing. I was so fucking bored. Um, cause Maximo, uh, beats kid cash in like two minutes and then AJ styles beats Maximo a couple minutes later and then easy money and AJ styles fight for a while. I thought the match was almost over and I, and then Easy Money beat AJ Styles, and I'm like, oh, that's weird, because I definitely thought he's, you know, AJ Styles was going to win. And then uh, Easy Money defeats Kid Cash, and I'm like, but Kid Cash already lost. And now I got confused, and I got angry, and I went and did my dishes. And I come back, and fucking Easy Money beats Joel Maximo and wins? I mean, there was a bunch yeah. of other falls in between, but like I said, I, I fucked off to go do my dishes. I just, I, I'm done. Like I was like, oh, this I, was, I have, I have people the, uh, started getting in and out, in, like. in and out of the ring. And I'm just like, I, I don't know what's happening. And you haven't made me care. Yeah. I'll just, uh, I'll just run it down real quick. Maximo sure. beats cash. Styles beats Maximo. Easy money beats styles. Easy money beats cash. AJ beats money. Joel beats AJ money beats Maximo. Here's the problem. Why couldn't you just have a four-way elimination match without because, just double elimination fucking nonsense? Because they needed an extra 10 minutes to fill, bro. You could have had a 20-minute four-way elimination. You could have had the same fucking result. I mean, here's the thing. Only about eight people work this show. Because Chris Harris, James yeah. Storm, Brian Lee, and Slash have two matches each. So... There's two singles matches, and then they have a tag team match. Everybody work or a bull rope match, whatever. Everyone working that one, and then these guys all work for 20 minutes, and it's a double elimination. It's like it's clear that wrestling doesn't matter at this point, <laughs> bro. The titles are props. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta be. That's gotta be at least two two weeks away. It's gotta be coming up soon. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, easy money, number one contender for, uh, Jerilyn's X division title, uh, which apparently will be, uh, on the line against Sonny Siaki next week. 
And because of that, uh, Goldilocks is with Sunny Siaki backstage, and she begrudgingly is trying to wish him good luck. It's, it's a weird promo. It's just yeah. a, it's just a weird promo. Like, I don't know what they're trying to do with any of this. Um, also, Sunny Siaki uh, joins the ranks of another professional wrestler who has the initial S in their name, so they get a Superman tattoo. Yes. You unoriginal bastards. Yes, and I said this to you in the chat, too. Most overrated superhero, in my opinion, is Superman. I mean, I, st- I still think Batman. I mean, he's just a guy. Also, he, like, Justice League, uh, the long eight-hour fucking Snyder thing, didn't do Batman any justice because he was late to every party. Like, every fight that was breaking out, all the, I don't know, gods and other things were brawling and then 20 minutes later batman shows up in his car it's like what can i do guys get up there and shoot you're basically hawkeye asshole (laughs) (laughs) superman got here in two seconds and can laser fuck everybody with his eyes get on the roof and shoot with your crossbow i don't give a shit get away from me yeah but bruce wayne batman can have sex without having to put a kryptonite condom on all right, he wins. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, Banky, you don't know, fucking wins. <laughs> you know who also needs to wear a kryptonite condom? Cisco, Cisco, <laughs> Cisco, and Ebert in the back talking about the fucking auction about becoming a producer oh, for a day. Jesus, these two creeps. Chris Hansen was looking at this, being like, "All right, we're going to start a show here. <laughs> it's going to be called To Catch a Predator, and these guys are first. Wow." You can bid on and to sit with us in our room and see the behind the scenes of how TNA is work. I think the guy goes like, so far the bid is $24. We can do better than that. Like, oh my well, God. <laughs> you'll be our producer for a day and we'll teach you how to unzip a fly with your teeth. That's about it. Bill Barons will yell at you all day. So if you want that type of abuse, come on down, pay some good money. Anyways, <laughs> Mike Tanay is standing at the top of the entrance ramp, pandering to the hillbillies about how they're so excitable in the asylum. And then out comes Geraldine. Who he, looks okay to fight to me. He looks fine. He looks fine. He's doing his uh, arm stretched fucking thing. It's like if you tore your pec, bro, you can't do that. Clearly, they just moved your match because they needed 22 minutes of X division today. And, um, uh, by the way, that's a quarter of the show. A quarter of the show was X Division. Did you look at the breakdowns of the time on these matches? Yeah, they're gross. <laughs> so, first match, seven minutes. Chris Harris, five minutes. Yep. James Storm, six minutes. The Bull Root match, which is going to get to three minutes. And the main event is five minutes. That X Division match was 21 minutes. Yep. Yep. Sure was. Anyway, Jerry Lynn's out there talking, not important, because what is important is the Harris brothers are beating the shit out of Bill Barron's at ringside. (laughs) (laughs) And again, there's a wrestler in the arena while a non-wrestler is getting his ass whipped by the heels, and he does nothing. Jerry Lynn didn't even try to help Bill Barron's. Not interested. So they uh, they pull Bill Burns into the ring, and uh, they set up a table, beating his ass. 
And then Ron Killings runs down to try to save him. And uh, they start beating the shit out of him. And blah, 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 blah. Uh, bu- bu- bu. They, they basically they throw Bill Barron's through Ron Killings into a table and just murder everybody. Um, yeah, Jerry Lynn. Was it Jerry Lynn? Was it yeah, Jerry Lynn? No. It was Jerry Lynn. They powerbombed through Bill Burns in the table. And then they dragged Ron Killings up to like the balcony section yeah. and threw him off, thus murdering him. That's right. You're correct. So Jerry Lynn did try. Oh, good for him. He did try to help the old man. Uh, Jerry Lynn's a hero. Anyway, um, <laughs> kind of. He still <laughs> failed miserably and Bill Barron's got killed. Uh, he's, he, he's, he's, the rede- he's the true redeemer. He In episode two, he wanted to mouth rape Goldilocks. Now he's saving <laughs> true. him old man from going through a table kind of sort of the guy still went through the table and so then they yeah they bring ron killings up to the balcony section throw him off through a table and again don west who has been confused this entire night goes but but ron killings and jeff jarrett were supposed to have a tag team match against the harris brothers that's what bullet bob said <laughs> and mike today's just like well ron killings ran out early <laughs> Oh my God, this is just like Don West is terrible in this fucking show. He's just terrible. So we cut backstage to our boy, Bullet Bob. <laughs> Bullet Bob has more recruiting to do. This time he's talking to BG James. Now, this should be a good conversation because they are father and son. However, they're talking to each other as if they've never met. <laughs> Nope. This bullet Bob's like, hey, brother, let me ask you about if you're going to. I know you've had problems with Jeff Jarrett, but you got a tag team with Jeff Jarrett because we got to get rid of this Russo guy. And I want to take you to Lollipop Land. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with him? <laughs> well, the good thing about Southern Wrestling, they probably didn't even know they were father and son. Probably not. Probably not. And then, of course, you know, Beachy's just like, look here, daddy. I'm going to do it. For you and you only nobody else. Fuck Jeff Jarrett. Here's the thing. Ron Killings is the one that really has the problem with Vince Russo. So why yeah. the hell is this match even going forward at this point? He's done. Jeff Jarrett and, and BG James are the guys they recruited to help Ron Killings with his problem. Now, now the problem doesn't exist. So, so basically... Ron Killings yeah. is the only person that should have a problem because Jared won the title because of Russo. Yep. BG James hasn't been involved in this thing from. He's any... still playing in the baby boy sandbox. Our <laughs> truth got porked out of the title here. Yeah. So if anyone should be pissed off about this whole thing and have this angle be about, it's our truth. And he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and two, two, two things. Number one, I like the fact when he was laid prone out cold whatever they found that time to cut to the stripper music while he's still laid out yep. to, to, to have the two the two um oh fuck what are some wrenches the two wrenches in the cage wrenches <laughs> dancing around and then we cut to the this promo and bg james has the nerve to say i'll do it i just have to put my gear on you're in your, you live in your gear. What gear? You homeless monkey. You, what you, the fuck you, you all doing? you do is pull knee pads over sweatpants, pal. <laughs> you 
You can still wear your Black Label Society fucking cut-off t-shirt, bro. Bro. Which he did. You fucking he actually, hack. Actually he did. Also, the hair is... hack down. prick. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> AMW is in the ring uh, with their rope or something. No, they don't have the rope. They're just there. James Mitchell comes out, gets the microphone, and says he has some bad news. He says, I've been feeling ill. And I got some testing done for my personal doctor. Wait for it. Dr. Jack Kevorkian. Reference. <laughs> waka, 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 waka. Uh, anyway, get it? Because he used to assist people with suicide. And it was a thing in the late 90s. And it was probably well played out by 2002. Anyways. He's got a moan- pneumonia. And uh, he takes himself out of the match. But don't worry, pal. Bella Donna's here to join the match. And I'm just like, you scum. You don't want to put Slash or Malice or 8-Ball or whatever the fuck they're called into the match? No, no. Here's my 87-pound heroin whore. She's going to go in and fight. Right. Awesome. <laughs> well, when you're looking at a, a match that involves someone to be tied to two men, no one has more experience than she does. Fair points. Fair points. Uh, this so is anyway. her match. She's you know going to bring you know the, the rope with her. Has, She comes yeah, down all the Undertaker wrapped in the, has the casket. <laughs> the Undertaker <laughs> has the casket match. Yeah. Okay. You yeah. got uh, who, who, Shawn Michaels is the Hell in a Cell guy. Oh, I thought that was Big Boss Man. Ooh. Oh, oh, ooh <laughs> reference. So all these guys have these specialty matches. This is the, the, the Belladonna Bonefest. This is the, the triple threat. Two men tied to a woman who's working for morphine. Fifty shades of suck. Anyway, <laughs> she comes to the ring and she's got the rope. That nothing like this is just—it's what you expected it to be. That nobody really gets tied to the rope. Uh, malice, not malice. Uh, the other two fuckers—they come to the ring and and, and yeah. they just start brawling. Everyone starts brawling. Mitchell's at at ringside. Uh, eventually, uh, what are their names? Uh, Brian Evil. Lee and Slash. But, but yes, Evil shenanigans. Brian Evil. Lee and Slash finally get the upper hand on uh, AMW. And uh, Father James Mitchell comes in and starts, uh, you know, scratching their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then Belladonna gets back in the ring and gives the weakest back hits with a fucking cowbell I've ever seen. And AMW are selling it as as if the big show was chopping them with everything he had. Like, she's coming down with the effort of an 87-pound heroin addict hitting someone with a cowbell. <laughs> There's nothing there. She's literally passing out as her arms coming down and they're selling it as if a bomb's going off under the ring. It's ridiculous. Um, anyways, I thought, I thought Belladonna was going to win when this happened. Well, unfortunately she doesn't. And she probably has permanent injury from it because they set her up for the death sentence, which Still, weird name for this team. It should have been the evil shenanigans guys that has a death sentence, but whatever. And um, Harris just undershoots that leg drop and smashes her fucking face. Like, the fact that her head didn't just cave in was miracle. 
guess what? They pick up the win and then they get out of the ring and James Mitchell spikes the camera with a holy fuck and takes running off like the bad guy in a fucking end of a Scooby-Doo episode. And uh, <laughs> Harris and Storm basically walk to the back. The chases to the back are embarrassing every time. Nobody runs. Just, okay. Just going to go back to the back now. Dope, the dope, the dope. I wish they edited in like when Fred Flintstone would run. They would have the noise. The yeah, 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 yeah. He should have yeah. looked down and goes, "Feet don't fail me now." <laughs> <laughs> just, just put some bad digital smoke behind him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna paint. I'm gonna get my acne tool kit and paint a wall, paint a brick wall here. <laughs> Uh, back to Mike Tanay and Don West, and uh, they put over the main event that's going to happen. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and BG James versus the Harris Brothers tonight only, and then Don West. Wow, does he try his best to promote the shit out of next week? Because next week is just that shit. He screams at the top of his lungs to the point that his face matches the color of his red shirt that AJ Styles will be facing Amazing Red again. They did it three weeks ago, and Amazing Red is back for a grudge match. Plus, Sonny Siaki is going to be in a match that we've been promoting all night tonight. Don't miss it. Oh, yeah. And Jeff Jarrett's going to wrestle Kurt Henning. For the NWA championship. Cut to. Mike Tanay And. Um, Kurt Henning. In a sit down leather jacket. Interview by Mike Tanay. Kurt Henning <laughs> is wearing a. Minnesota wrestling. Sweatshirt that he has stuffed himself into. And he's wearing. Uh, glasses that I can only imagine. He won at the Nashville Fairgrounds Carnival, and uh, they were meant to go on a child. They are tiny on his big head, and his head is just big, like big, bloated, fucking steroid head. Yeah, he looks like he fell asleep in a creek for about three weeks. <laughs> he goes on to say he's the greatest athlete to ever come out of Minnesota. No. Okay, Sure. Uh, he also goes on once again. Didn't we cover this in the last one? His AWA World Championship back in 1982 or some shit. Yeah, with uh, Nick Bonkwinkle. Yep. Uh, Tanay, of course, he can't stop. Brings up sports entertainment and Vince Russo. And Henning says, that, uh, blah, blah, blah. He changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they're, they're shitting on Russo. Of course they are. And, and Henning. Uh, oh, boy. Vince Russo never paid his dues. He didn't ride the road and wait in line at a motel or wait in line at a rental car shop. And I'm just like, these are all very mundane tasks that I'm anybody could like. This isn't like exclusive to wrestling. Like I Vince get Russo it. has never been to a dry cleaner. It's like he just sat there and watched wrestling and then got a job as a writer. And I'm like, oh, this is just the Vince Russo biography channel, I guess. What the fuck are we doing here? He's never paid his dues. How? Ugh. Ugh. Vince Russo is such a piece of shit. He applied for a job and got it. Yeah. And then uh, they go on to talk about how the NWA World Heroic Championship is the only 
title in wrestling. It's the only real title in wrestling. And of course we can't, we can't have a Kurt Henning interview without him mentioning that he fought Brock Lesnar on a plane. And then the two of them start discussing whether or not Brock Lesnar had won his match on the show this week on WWE. <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh, WWF champion. And today he's like, nah, he lost last week. And I'm like, stop putting over the other shows. <laughs> What are you doing? My two biggest takeaways on this whole thing is A, Kurt Henning is 35. Wow. Really? Yes. I am legit. No, no bullshit. Not over exaggerating. I'm legitimately shocked. He looks yeah. 48. Easy. Yeah. yeah. And he said, I'm 35. Oh so, my God. Yeah. He looks like, awful. Oh yeah. Awful. awful. And number two, awful. And I said this to you in the chat. He had the nerve to say, I'm in the best shape of my career. No, you aren't. You Pillsbury Doughboy motherfucker. Here's the thing. When he was Mr. Perfect the first time, great shape, great athlete, great, great wrestler. Now he looks like someone took Mr. Perfect and stuffed him into a sausage wrapper. <laughs> it's yeah. like you look like a rubber suit of Mr. Perfect. Like you've ever been to the, any type of like weird country bar or maybe a lacrosse game in the intermission and they strap two assholes into sumo suits <laughs> and they just kind of <laughs> bounce at each other. <laughs> Yeah, that it's like it looks like Mr. Perfect in one of those big rubber sumo suits bouncing across the ring. It's like, dude, no, you're not. No, you're not. Um, the Mr. Perfect. So I just or, looked. At, I I just looked this up for shits and giggles. Yeah, here's here's a couple things that are gonna blow your mind. Uh, number one, he's not 35 in this promo like he says he is. Oh, he's he's 43. That makes more sense, but still and. I, I mean, I don't know how much more we're going to cover the series. Do you know he is dead two months later? That I did know. I, I knew he died right after the TNA I, thing. I right. didn't yeah. think it was this soon after. Like, yeah. yeah. I thought it was like 05, 06. I, I'm no, I, 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 I did know it was shortly after uh, after this. But, uh, yeah, to lie about your age. God damn it. I'm not 35. Liar, just confused. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he thinks that maybe he thinks it's fucking 1992 again. I don't know. I mean, they're doing so much talking about the AWA and the NWA. It's like, maybe he just forgot where he was for a minute. He's got those, those glasses on that. They're just weird as shit. Like they just, they look so goofy, so goofy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bad, bad interview. He looks terrible. None of it's good. It just it, it mo the the most interesting thing is them talking about Brock Lesnar on the other show. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I took down the 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 WWF champion Brock Lesnar, and today he's like, no, no, this did you see this week's show, man? He he didn't win. It's like, are you guys just having a casual conversation live on pay per view? Because this is fucking weird. How about we get, again every week? I have to say this. How about we get? a second take of that and do some editing because they just, these interviews are just bad. They're bad. They have to be low on resources. They're so fucking bad. Uh, anyway, 
<clears throat> main event time. Event. <laughs> is, this, is this what you call this? Because I call this a fucking dumpster fire. I mean, it's it's a mess. Uh, come to the Nashville Fairgrounds. Bring your brooms. It's a mess. <laughs> That's probably what they do. They advertise, bring your cleaning supplies to the show. You get free, to help clean the ring after the match. Free tickets if you stick around for an hour afterwards and pick up the trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, one of those, th- those th- in high school you want to put on a play and they, yeah. they couldn't be bothered. They're like, ah, just clean up after yourself. So Jeff Jarrett comes to the ring. Uh, the Harrises come to the ring. And then we cut to the back and BG James is uh, sleeping under some fucking trays, metal trays. I don't know what they were. It was a vicious, vicious beatdown. It was a vicious run by fruiting. I saw him go that way. <laughs> Goldilocks on the scene. Oh, of course, course she is. She's got nothing. We to need do. help. We, we need some help. She's so I'm bored because April and fucking Brian Lawler aren't here. <laughs> what? A, seriously, that story has wasn't even hinted at this week. That was the main no, thing. Last so much week. going on. The main so story on. last week, not even hinted at. And we really needed 20 minutes of fucking X Division? Really? We couldn't have got some Brian Lawler April shenanigans? Yeah. Goldie and April couldn't scissor for 10 minutes? <laughs> scissor my thumb was. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, this, I don't know. I was surprised this was even a match. Like when, um, when Jarrett gets on top of one of the Harrises for the pin and, um, whatever the other Armstrong's name is, goes down for the fucking pin. Uh, I was like, really? We're actually doing a match here? Because this has just been slap everybody with chairs type of brawl. Like, this hasn't been a match. <laughs> I slap you. I slap you. I slap you, slap you. Slap hands, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. It's a mess. So Jarrett's all by himself. And uh, it's a brawl. It's a fucking brawl. At a, at a certain point, Ron Killings comes to the ring. Oh, that was the other thing. So he, he's got his, his ribs taped up because internal injuries, bro. Um, but when when the uh, the Harrises murdered him and threw him off the balcony through tables, Don West, along with being very confused about what's going to happen with the main event match because, hey, that guy was booked in the main event. What the fuck? They, he also goes... <laughs> Ron Killings is clearly hurt. He's holding his stomach area. (laughs) He's holding his stomach area. (laughs) Dr. Don West, everybody. (laughs) He's so good at operation. This guy has no improv skills. (laughs) (laughs) He's hitting the lower torso. Not even. Torso's too big of a word. (laughs) He's holding his stomach He got hit area. in the tum-tum. <laughs> he got hit in the tum-tum. Ron Killings got thrown 50 feet through a table. He's got a sour stomach. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little bit of a tummy ache. You can tell. this. Anyway. <laughs> so Ron, Killings, Ron Killings makes his way to the ring, taped up ribs, uh, and he's got a steel chair, but he's quickly... Uh, beat the shit out of by by uh big ron 
not heavy D. Uh, but of course, Big Ron uh, might be the dumbest of the Harris brothers because he just kind of stands there with his back to Jarrett and Don Harris. He's doing nothing. He's literally standing in the ring, looking the opposite direction. Like, even the ref bumps are more fucking believable than this shit because Jeff Jarrett's just beating the crap out of his brother behind him. Lots of noise going on, including a full-blown stroke for the pin, and he doesn't turn around. Not when the referee is slamming one, two, three, but when the bell rings, he turns the fuck around and goes, what happened? It's like, <laughs> look, I get it, but at least couldn't you have had Ron Killings like tie up with him? He literally stood there while all this commotion's happening behind him as if he has noise-canceling headphones on. Oh, the quality is fantastic. I can't <laughs> hear shit. <laughs> so so I, I noticed this a lot through the episode, what you just mentioned, because if you go back to the single matches and the, the, the orgy of the orgy of doom with the bull rope, they... <laughs> They would climb up to the apron to distract the ref. Uh-huh. It would go the opposite way they wanted it to, and then decide, okay, I'm going to stop talking to the ref and yeah. have the ref turn around and count. Yeah. Like that to yeah. me, it's, if you see this very, in real life. Well, well, it's very, um, and, and that's it's a through line of the last 23 re- weeks of this show. It's super carny. Like it's you can tell that it's these NWA carnies that are just. Like, ah, don't worry. This is pro wrestling. That's how it is. We're all deaf and dumb. Um, So anyway, it doesn't matter. But Jeff Jarrett gets the win. Uh, He pins heavy D. Um, And after the match, uh, Ron Killing sticks around. uh, As Jeff Jarrett starts to leave, Jeff Jarrett really tries to get Killings to come back to the point I thought that Ron Killings was kind of going into business for himself a bit. Because it was weird how much Jeff was like, no, no, Ron, come with me. As if he was trying to direct him to the back. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. obviously it was, yeah, I saw that too. it was just bad, weird acting on both parts. Uh, because Ron Killings goes around, grabs a microphone, says he's tired of the she is knit and wants Vince Russo to come down. Um, but, you know, that doesn't matter because the Harris brothers just grab him, beat the shit out of him even more. Uh, Vince Russo does eventually make his way to the ring. As Ron Killings is getting his 87th H-bomb. And BG James does his stereotypical road dog. I can't run, but I'm going to run. Run down to the ring to try to supposedly make the save. Like, people make fun of John Cena's run. Watch the road dog try to run. That dude can't run for shit. These guys aren't real athletes. Um, So, like, I've I've seen Special Olympics that are better than this fucker running. Um, (laughs) So... He's running like he's never run before. Exactly. Like he doesn't like his arms don't have, like he doesn't have control of his limbs when he's running. He's just hoping he makes it there upright. And uh, so anyway, he runs to the ring with a chair, chases everyone off. Ron killing stands up and guess what, bro? Swerve. Swerve. Swerve, Swerve bro. Him. Road dog brains fucking Ron killings. And then high fives Russo. Russo does something that is always, I've always been very awkward with in wrestling where the grown man jumps into the arms and wraps his legs around the waist of the other grown man as they celebrate. Because as someone who's played, who played sports as a kid through into my early twenties, um, 
Not once. Like we high five, maybe a couple of ass slaps. Good job. A lot of pats on the back, a little, you know, head butts, chest bumps, all that stuff. Never once. And I'm six, three, like I'm, 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 I've always been the big guy on the team. Never has anybody leaped into my arms as if they were a baby or a girl or anything like that. It's never been like, Oh, big fucking sexual embrace in this ring here because we thwarted the bad guys or whatever. It's like, it's always been weird. It always happens in wrestling. And I don't, I don't get it. Do not get it. It's, it's as if like, um, basically it's something you would see in like a romantic comedy. If the guy's on the beach and the girl runs up to him and just leaps into his arms and they embrace as the waves crash, you know, like in Greece when Danny rapes Sandy on the beach, that sort of thing. Um, so it's kind of like that. Well, oh, well, oh, well, oh, <laughs> it's kind of like that. And it's just always weird. But anyway, to make things weirder, they just cut to the ramp and Don West, goddamn Don fucking West screams. Is that formerly known as Paul Bearer? <laughs> Is that formerly known as Paul Bearer? <sighs> we talked about it a bit in the Kurt Henning thing with the Brock Lesnar stuff. This is why every company has made themselves number two behind WWE, whether they're beating them in the ratings or not, because WWE very rarely, especially now, but very rarely over the time, over the course of history has acknowledged the other companies. And it was all, and it was said in interviews back, especially in the attitude era that, uh, that it was basically, I think it was probably, it was probably Jr. or somebody that did an interview and talked about it, that Vince basically had a mandate that you are not to mention the other companies on our show because number one doesn't acknowledge number two. Number two wants number one to acknowledge them. So they keep poking and talking about them. Even when they were losing the Monday night war, that was the mandate. And that was always why they never responded when Bischoff would go in the ring and, and challenge Vince to a fight. There was never any public response on television because it's always like, well, you're just giving them publicity. Here's so if TNA cut to the ramp and Paul Bear is standing there mugging like an ass and they go, Oh my God, that's Percy Pringle. And they went on to tell that story. I would have no problem with it. That's his character's name. It's his legal character's name. Cause you can't use Paul Bearer. but them going, that's formally known as Paul Bearer, or he used to be known as this. They did it with crowbar too. Cause they, they kept talking mm -hmm. about when Devin storm was on the show earlier, earlier in this run. They kept saying he used to be known as, as crowbar in WCW. And you know, this used to be known as this in this company. Now he's known as this, you know, it's, it's all that shit. And it's like, you're really acknowledging that you're not as big as the other company. And even if you're not doing it on purpose, it's a subconscious subtle thing that you're saying, we know that you watch this show and he used to be on that better show. 
is how it's perceived. If you just said Percy Pringle and moved on with it, don't mention Paul Bear because you can't call him Paul Bear. So tell the Percy Pringle story. Don't tell me the he used to be Paul Bear and and the wrestlers do it too. Like that was, you know, when 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 China first left WWE, it was the whole China thing. She ended up having to like legally change her name and shit. Ultimate Warrior changed his name to Warrior. Sable tried to get away with formerly known as Sable for a while. Like they all do it and it's like you're really acknowledging that you can't make it without that and that that fictional character that they created is bigger than you. It's like it's literally it's mm-hmm. like it's like if Bruce Willis walked around saying, "Hey, I'm John McClane." It's like they don't do that. It's it's a it's an acting job. He's you know William Moody is playing Percy Pringle on TNA. He played Paul Bearer on this other show, but we're not going to talk about that because that's not the show that we're t- we're on. We're on TNA right now, and it's, you know what I mean. It's like it's little shit mm-hmm. like that that acknowledges like oh that they're better than us. So Pet the peeve. one thing the the one thing I I, I disagree a little bit. But I agree with your main premise. Like sure. someone like when you have an insulary talent like Crowbar, you're introducing him to the thing. But if you're a wrestling fan, you're ordering this stuff, you know who Paul Bearer is. Sure, but he's not playing Paul Bearer. Right, but you don't need to say anything. You'd be like, like well, why well, is he here? You can just it with why is he here? More importantly, yes, you don't need to acknowledge anything. And they kind of did it with uh with Billy Gunn. He didn't have a name for a while, right? Like before they gave him Kip James or whatever the fuck, he didn't have a name. He was, and it was just like, I think he had a t-shirt that said something that was basically like, you know, you know who the fuck I am or something like that, you know? Um, But yeah, it's like, there's no need. Like, I I agree with your point, especially with someone like Paul Barrett, there's no need for it. And with, and if we're talking about Crowbar, there's even less need for it because, you know, it wasn't like he was a, it's not like it was, you know, trying to think of a fucking big WCW star that wasn't using their real name. Um, it wasn't like Bam Bam Bigelow walked in there or, or something like that where it had cachet. Or, or, yeah, I mean, yeah, it would, it, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. It's, it's basically like, you know, I know he could use the name buff Bagwell, but let's say buff Bagwell earlier on, it wasn't like they would have to be like, you know, he used to be called buff Bagwell. Now he's Marcus. It's like, eh. Just, just, I don't know. I, I, I just, it's a real pet peeve of mine with these, with these companies and these wrestlers. And I see it with a lot of independent bookings too, where, where it's always like they use their real name and then below and in bigger font, it says formerly known as this, um, or they do stuff like, uh, like I know Enzo Amore just changed the spelling. It's like NZO now instead of E N Z, you know, it's like, dude, just whatever, man. I don't know. It's 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 a it's a massive pet peeve of mine with wrestling. It just it always it always is. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with the with with that pet peeve. I, I kind of I kind of agree with it. Um, tell your story. Rest- like like that like that's just yeah. it. T- tell your story. You're 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 uh, you're not TNA is not an offshoot of WWE, so you're not continuing their storylines. Like this isn't like you're you're doing the storyline over on WWE and oh now we're going to continue that story over here. You're your own show. You're your own creative. Do your tell your own show and have the actors that you hire mm-hmm. play the characters that you created. So Crow Crowbar was I don't even remember what his fucking name was. It wasn't Devin Storm because we went over this with the with the Divine Storm thing. He was 
what was he tidal wave or something? It was some some natural disaster uh, thing. I think it was like uh, Phil Davis or something like that. Flood boy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Rainy drizzle? I don't. I don't. I don't know. It, it was it was something along those lines. Um, but it's like just let him do that. Like like as wrestling fans, yes, we all know that. Oh, that's that's crowbar. But you, but you saying it is acknowledging that he was a bigger star elsewhere than he is here. Because if he was a big enough star with enough face recognition, then he could be called anything. Hence the Billy Gunn thing. They didn't need to give Billy Gunn a yeah. name. He, he just came the fuck out and he was like, I don't need a name. You know who the fuck I am. And somehow he's legally allowed to use Billy Gunn everywhere. Now they just kind of let him, let him take that one or didn't finish copywriting. it. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I, th- I think there was, I think there was something he bought the rights to it. Yeah, but uh, even them allowing him to is weird. Like that's always one of those things. Like, like I, I would, I would always be curious to ask like, if I ever interviewed people like that. Like I would ask those weird nerd questions. Like, how are you allowed to legally use your name? Because you hear all, like I know The Rock was, has been given a lot of clearance from Vince, and he, he, I think he eventually did buy it. Hogan, same thing. He eventually bought his name, type of thing. Um. But like Billy Gunn being able to use Billy Gunn in AEW is is like a weird one for me. Um, it, it's same type of curiosity with CM Punk, because even though you know even though he was CM Punk before WWE, he was an indie guy that became massive in WWE. So you, I would assume that at a certain point WWE owned the name CM Punk. And I don't, again, I don't know all the legalities of everything. It'd be something I'd be interested to ask him. Like, how can you legally use that name outside of that company? What was the deal? Tell me a story. That sort of thing. Um, I'm, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just, it, it, that's one of those weird pet peeves and, and, and things that like, I've always been curious about, uh, why some people can do it and others can't. Because like I said, China tried to use it when she left WWE and they fucking, they fucked her over on it. They were like, fuck you. No. To the point, And same thing with warrior. Same thing with Sable, like, and I get it. Their their breakups were obviously a little bit worse than others. I mean, Billy Gunn was put into the Hall of Fame while still while employed by AEW, so clearly it wasn't that bad of a breakup. Um, but it's it's just it's one of those weird, curious things of mine. Anywho, anything else? The, no, I, I I gotta tell you, I love crawling into that uh, that brain of yours and see what's see what's ticking up there. It's weird. It's a lot of coffee. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so coming up next week, I guess we're going to get some more S-E-X because there's no E in extreme. Or there's two? Yeah, and uh, uh, three. Per- Percy Bear Percy makes his debut. Yes, I can't wait for the debut of formerly known as Paul Bearer, as he was referred to as we went off the air. Holy shit. Uh, also, can't wait for the grudge match of Amazing Red and AJ Styles. Hopefully I'm going to play Limp. <laughs> You're going to play what? I'm going to play Limp Biscuit in the background during that video package. Yep, there you go. Uh, hopefully Don West is able to t- get some sleep before the next show so he's not just punch drunk the entire time. Um, anywho, Rich, do the plugs. All right. We're on any and every social media platform for podcasting. Wow, I did really good on that one. We're on every podcast platform known to mankind. Spotify, iTunes, uh, Christian Mingle, uh, Pornhub. We're, we're on everything. We're on Facebook.com. Two guys watching wrestling. Give us a like. Give us a follow. 
Twitter at two guys Russell Pod, the number two guys Russell Pod. Uh, give us a like, give us a follow, give us money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to start doing uh, pottery on Twitch. I'm going to start doing that soon. Uh, I'm also going to do tasteful nude modeling on <laughs> OnlyFans. Um, so stay tuned for that. I'll have parts for that coming soon. All right. We'll see you next week on Two Guys Watching Wrestling.